0: everyone thank you for joining us on another episode of phantoms of the silver screen the podcast that is doing every episode of are you afraid of the dark series one i am one of your co-hosts rip and i am joined by
1: Jumbi. hello everyone happy to be back reviewing the best show on earth
0: are you afraid of the dark baby
1: and beyond and beyond
0: <laughs> <clears throat> i oh man like i frankly i'm not watching a lot of like tv y7 uh horror anthologies you know mm-hmm. but i just i don't i don't even think nostalgia's pl- taking a uh, playing a part in this i think like it's it holds up, man. I'm enjoying this
1: journey It's just yeah, it's just fun. I think we go into it with the right mindset, you know, like we're not trying to be too judgy on it. We understand the production level, and if you have that mindset, you can enjoy anything, but on top of that, this is just highly entertaining, you know, yeah. really well written stuff,
0: oh yeah, uh, today's episode, by the way. Is season two, episode four, the tale of the thirteenth floor. Now, Jumpy and I, at the end of every episode of season two, we predict the next episode that what well, we think it's gonna be about and who's gonna say the story. And mm-hmm. Jumpy's guess was Betty Ann. My guess was Gary. And we both thought it was gonna be like about a hotel room. And with I was the, convinced mm-hmm. with a haunted thirteenth floor. Now, Jumpy got it right. It was Betty Ann who was telling mm-hmm. the story. Uh, I was wrong. Yeah. But if you had told me the story that we just watched, if you just explained it to me, like if we somehow got footage of phantoms of the silver screen this episode and we listened to it without listening to the beginning i would have been like oh that's gary for sure
1: yeah this is a (laughs) gary story i can't believe gary didn't tell this story yes (laughs) it was not going in the direction i thought it was gonna go because i guess i didn't we both didn't mention it but i was like assuming ghost you know like the 13th floor of a hotel room and there's ghost haunted you know 1408 style scary stuff I did not think <laughs> Doctor Who ass aliens.
0: Aliens <laughs> <laughs> They did aliens. I oh know. My gosh.
1: Really cool aliens too. Like, I didn't think of that design.
0: And um in an apartment building, the thirteenth mm-hmm. floor. I'm like, oh yes, that makes that makes sense. Now,
1: <laughs> that would be a metric for like all oh, these guys are cheating. Looking ahead, because like, if one of us was like, "Yeah, I think it's 13th floor of an apartment building, and it's aliens." I think it's like nobody's gonna guess that. That's insane. That's insanity.
0: Yeah, you take the title "13th Floor" and with Jumbi and I's history of watching horror movies, we think haunted floor, room 1408, right?
1: You know how often it's aliens? It's it doesn't come up a lot, right? It's not that. It's usually ghosts.
0: I think they made it work, though. What
1: mm-hmm. do you think? No, they did. They made it work. It was weird, creepy in all the right ways. Very Gary, even though it was Betty Ann. I feel like... Like, did you... How I didn't feel Betty Ann's presence in that story. I, I felt like it was written for Gary for real, and yeah. she just told it.
0: Yeah, I, I did not... I didn't feel Betty Ann's fingerprints. Even... Mm-hmm. Actually, because we talked about this on the season one recap um, of *Phantoms of the Silver Screen*, are you afraid of the titled "Are You Afraid of mm-hmm. Season One"? Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, we talked about how Gary's stories involve a troublemaker, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no troublemaker here. It was just two good kids.
1: True. This is true. No,
0: i mean it's hard we don't know what season two gary is all about because <laughs> he hasn't told a freaking story he's just there sitting there judging the shit out of everybody <laughs> but
1: we have besides heard... Zebo, what was another betty ann tale besides this one
0: sorcerer's apprentice
1: the sorcerer's apprentice that's and a good one nightly
0: nightly neighbors
1: nightly neighbors okay See, yeah, Sorcerer's Apprentice, Nightly Neighbors, and Zeebo. I can feel her presence. This one's a little different. Yeah, I'm I trying to find some connective to... tissue, but like, it's kind of just an original tale.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah they gave that to Betty Ann. I, mm-hmm. It didn't feel her presence, like you said. It didn't feel like a Betty Ann story, a season one Betty Ann story. But,
1: mm-hmm. um... The only part that felt like Betty Ann was the ending of this story, <laughs> the way it left off. That was very, very you know... Keep but, one eye open tonight kind of stuff.
0: But that's that Gary does that too.
1: Yeah, it's true.
0: He does the he le-
1: the
0: ending. Sad there.
1: ending. Yeah. The goosebumps ending yeah. is I've come to think of them. Yeah. Where like things don't get wrapped up at the end, just like every episode of Goosebumps.
0: But uh other than that, like it was a good story. And the way the way they set it up too, right? That was <laughs> I don't know if that was totally Betty ann ask, but, I, I, mm. you know, it's not I like I hate it.
1: I feel like Betty Ann went to Kristen for this setup, and she was just like, help me out. What do you think we should do?
0: I like David was there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, you guys well, are together. That's right.
1: <laughs> David's doing anything he can to get closer to Christine, because she, she has been drifting away little by little <laughs> That's true. toward Frank's direction. So, if anything he can do to spend more time with her.
0: Yeah so it was a good opportunity to dive right into this episode right
1: yep yep so we we kick off with frank gary and kiki you know gathering the firewood putting some wood inside of the fire just you know stoking the fire gary's there looking impatient you know he's just (laughs) like oh my god these people when are they gonna be on time gary has no time for anybody's bullshit and he's you could feel it radi- radiating off his body. Um, and we are missing key members of our group here. We are missing Kristen. We are missing David. And we are missing the greatest of all time,
0: Betty Ann. The goats.
1: Mm-hmm. And obviously, we're also missing Eric, but we don't talk about him. Nope. So, they are gathering the firewood and doing all their little stuff to get ready, and Gary's being mad. And... In from the shadows comes three silhouettes. Hmm. You can't really tell who they are. You can just see the outline of them. And it's the silhouettes of Christine, David, and Betty Ann lined up in that order. <laughs> and they're doing a bit of a preamble. They're just um, trying to get a scare out of them. And they're just like spooking them with the with things that they're saying. What are some of the things they said?
0: So, like, I like the setup because Frank was like, there's a wolf howling and Frank's like, you guys got the feeling that you're being watched? And then that's when the, the, the flashlights start shining on them. <laughs> and then it's like, who's there? And then you hear them say, you see us every week, but do you know who, re- do you really know us? And then uh, another person's like, "Do you re- do you really know anyone? And then the third person is like, even yourselves and they're all like all right we clearly know who the fuck you guys are like <laughs> um,
1: at one point <laughs> gary's just like all right um are we gonna tell a story tonight yeah. or are we just gonna keep playing games all right yeah. guys verbatim like he's like right, I, I gotta go, go. <laughs>
0: he's like are you, are you guys gonna keep, keep playing games or are you gonna tell the fucking story and This is the second the second episode in a row well, he's just tired of people's shit. <laughs>
1: he's not taking it from anyone. I was waiting for someone, maybe Frank, to be like, you got somewhere else to be tonight, man? Mm-hmm. Like, what's your hurry? Just chill. <laughs> it's not even midnight yet.
0: So, Betty Ann says, if you stare long enough, you might even see a stranger here. And now this is the, the, the part where the, the three of them start walking. Like, they reveal who they are. And they start walking towards the um, the chair the the midnight chair where the storytellers tells their story
1: we forgot to we forgot to mention that that this opening with three silhouettes (laughs) all talking in unison was very good for the building suspense for me and rip because we were waiting to see who the storyteller was to see which one of us was right and they pretty much just like like a game show they just had these (laughs) like Missing members, all silhouetted, all working together. Like, is it a group story? At one point we were both just like, it must be Kristen, because this is very theatrical.
0: Yeah. Like it's
1: the build up was crazy.
0: Like you said, like a game show. Who's it gonna be? Is it gonna be Kristen? David Mm -hmm. or Betty
1: Ann? Or is it gonna be our mystery member, Eric? Like (laughs)
0: In hindsight, Betty Ann did do most of the talking, so it would make sense. I
1: couldn't but, tell if it was her, or Kristen. So I was just like, ah, I don't know. The
0: worst part is like as they're getting like they're walking towards the the area, and mm-hmm. Kristen's about to like sit down, and she's like, nope, and then she just sits next to the to the, the the throne,
1: and then she faked this out.
0: And then David sat on the other side, and Betty Ann took her rightful place in the center, mm-hmm. and then. That's when she utters the words, "My tonight, my story is about the strangers among us.
1: Among us. <laughs> it was a Betty Ann story. Yes. I was right. So happy about it. <laughs> yes, Jumpy was and right. I was wrong about every detail of the story, <laughs> but that.
0: And I feel gypped because that totally felt like a Gary story, <laughs> but... <laughs> Um,
1: it can't even be like oh her and gary worked on it together because if she worked in it with anybody it would have been david and kristen yeah. although mm-hmm. kristen was kristen's story the equestrian story you know yeah. the that was her story
0: the hungry hounds yes
1: that also had a doctor who vibe to it because <laughs> like she stepped into another dimension a dream reality so maybe kristen has a little bit of a doctor who fandom in her too maybe she helped
0: she did hang out with Gary at the Magic Shop that that one episode.
1: He did do that. Maybe you know David has some competition all over the place because <laughs> they're vibing.
0: Um, but uh, she's just she's just a great friend, you know. Yeah, I just they never followed that up with David and Kristen, but
1: anyway. I... <laughs> Well, the next one episode you know in season five we're gonna be like oh yeah and they got married and they're gone now (laughs) that's 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 what i'm expecting
0: me too well like david begged her like for like several several years and then (laughs) she finally said yes (laughs) but um yeah so betty ann takes her right full place on the throne says her story is about the strangers among us Mm -hmm. um we see them every day, but we never take the time to look. But if someone did, one might find that the scariest strangers are the ones inside ourselves. Uh, and Gary, Kiki, and Frank, you know, like, they're like, okay, alright, let's see where this goes. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then Betty doesn't get her own dust, midnight dust. David hands her the pouch. And she opens. she opens the pouch grabs some of that midnight dust, throws it into the fire, submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. She calls this tale, The Tale of the 13th Floor.
1: So the tale of the 13th Floor kicks off, much like you'd expect, on the 13th Floor. <laughs> of a hotel? No. Of a deserted Apartment building, yes. So apparently, these siblings, Billy and Karen, spelled k a r i n, it's not spelled k a r e n like the bad person, spelled like <laughs> Karen. All right, <It's> still acceptable, <laughs> like Corinne.
0: Oh, Corinne,
1: yeah. I'm gonna pronounce it as such. Okay. So the siblings, Billy and Corinne, are living in this apartment building and from time to time they go up to the abandoned 13th floor and treat it like their own personal playground which you know is questionable parenting i guess maybe 90s kid had kids had a little more freedom to travel around and they trust they were trusted a little bit more but i don't know if you've seen kids today i don't know if i'd let them roam around a deserted you know floor floors. alone yeah by themselves there's glass everywhere they're gonna step on something
0: well we can assume though because they're living in the apartment building that they're from the city
1: that's true they they live in the city so they're tougher kids they're not like country kids
0: and and city kids don't play outside there's no horses there's no other things from the country you know
1: Mm. It's just... There's only big city life, and you know <laughs> cabs and pigeons, things like that. No, that's a, that's what they're used no
0: to. hard work Mm-mm. in the city that these nope. kids live in. But
1: so these <laughs> that's they so live. Billy and Corinne, the toughest um, big city kids you could ever think of. They love the city and everything about it. Hmm. They are in the thirteenth floor and they're treating it like their own personal playground. They have a whole bunch of like. Um, sporting equipment up there, because I guess they occasionally play sports up there and have little competitions. They have like a hockey stick and ball and stuff like that, and they're playing around.
0: Yeah, they're trying to score into the the whatever makeshift net that they made out of cardboard.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Everything looks kind of decrepit. There's like debris all over the place, but they've makeshift a few little play areas for themselves.
0: Yeah, and of course, as they... They aren't just they don't just go up to this floor. they take the elevator where um the elevator man they have an elevator man, his name is Gus, and he's fairly up there in age um yeah he he takes him up there and they talk to him, but he always warns them, and they make like the snide comment because he's like, "Oh, did I ever tell you a, a like about the old tenants and he's like, no, it's not like we heard this story a million times already." He's mm-hmm. like, just one day there's up and left. No one knows what happened to them. So he's like, be careful.
1: That was not what I thought this man, I think his name's Gus, was yeah. gonna say. <laughs> I I was expecting that lead up to be like, Did you hear what happened to the old tenants? They were brutally murdered. That's why <laughs> there's a ghost here. I wasn't expecting, like, yeah, they moved out. All right, see ya. Like I didn't know. It was going to be something so simple. Like, oh, they left. <laughs> that was it.
0: And no one heard from them again. That's it. Up and left. Mm-hmm. God.
1: Bye. It's Bye. like, all right, that wasn't much of a story. It wasn't that crazy. Why didn't they tell it, you know, or rent it out again?
0: Uh, so, the um, so Gus leaves, just gives them that warning so they be careful. And you mm-hmm. know, so, <clears throat> so he leaves the elevator and goes back down. And this is like, as Jumpy was saying, this is their little, not playpen, but like, <laughs> they're just—it's theirs. It's their area to play. They're playing hockey, trying to make goals. Billy, of course, is very um, good, good at sports. At, good at sports. Nineties, young man from Canada, as we assume the city of Canada.
1: From yeah, from a city around or in Canada. We're not really sure.
0: Not sure, yeah. Um <clears throat> Karen unfortunately isn't. She mm-hmm. she's com- complaining about it a lot. She just she tries to shoot the ball and she keeps missing and Billy is a good older brother and he he's uh yeah, he he makes little quips but he's actually trying to help her. And mm-hmm. and then Karen makes the comment that like oh, it's probably your genes. Billy makes the cute little comment back that I don't see what my genes have to do it. it. Karen's just like, um, not your blue jeans, zipperhead. but your biological genes. And I will say this. They had a good back and forth and Karen, Corinne, was very, yes, mm-hmm. Corinne was very, very quick with her um, wit. She's a very quick-witted little girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, She's like, uh, <clears throat> Billy's genes are probably with like, you know, people are good at sports, but her biological parents must have been klutzes. Uh, Billy's like, "Yeah, you can't keep using your adoption as an excuse for not being good at anything." And I was like, "Damn. That was, that was
1: rough, Billy." <laughs> it came out of nowhere. That's someone who's tired she must, of that. Yeah. <laughs> she must say that a lot. Every time she loses at anything, she must be like, yeah, it's my biological parents. Yeah. That's the only reason."
0: And she even admits, I'm like, yeah, I'll keep saying it as long as like it's still relevant, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, it's
1: <laughs> my go-to. All right, I can weaponize <laughs> my adoption.
0: <laughs> so, Billy and Corinne are both siblings, but not biologically. Corinne mm-hmm. was adopted. Uh, and is that a, that revelation is when we start seeing a bright, clear, and pink flashes of light. Um. Out from the windows of the the thirteenth floor, you just see all those oh and by the way, uh, when Corinne was practicing her slap shot, it took her several tries, but she finally was able to hit the puck and she hit um like a mirror, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's what that's what it is. It's gonna be like a mirror dimension kind of thing.
1: She, I thought she hit the mirror and got bad luck, and that's why the ghosts are after her or something crazy like that
0: thirteen right, like
1: bad luck. Mm find mm-hmm.
0: 13 it's crazy
1: never went anywhere in that direction
0: <laughs> i feel like they were trying to set us up for that too mm-hmm. but we see a bunch of lights flashing pink is a noticeable color it's like to- teal as well um and everything starts shaking they billy and corinne get worried and it's like all right let's, it's time to go and they decide it'll be a good idea to take the elevator um, do not do that. <laughs> if if everything's shaking like that and there's stairs, that that's the yeah. correct thing to do, right? Don't take the elevator, take the stairs, right?
1: Part of the drills for, like, earthquakes isn't jump into the elevator. <laughs> stay, stay clear of the elevator. Yes, take the stairs if you have to. There's no reason to do that. That's <laughs> really strange to me
0: but they took the elevator and then that's when we see somebody else at the elevator and it's not Gus it's a tall tall long-haired man in a black
1: he uniform look, he looks kind of like the guy he looks like he looks literally like an alien from men in black who's wearing a skin suit that's what he looks like his <laughs> name is leonid
0: which sounds so made up <laughs> mm-hmm. Um Leonid. He uh you ever watch Funny People with uh, Adam Sandler yeah. and Seth yeah. Rogan? You yeah. know you know the doctor that diagnoses Adam Sandler's character with uh cancer? Yes. That that's what he looks like to me. Or at least reminds me of.
1: Yeah, I can see it. It's very obscure. It's very obscure. Mm-hmm. I'm
0: reaching for this one, but I all three of you got that. <laughs> uh so Leonid said that gus had to leave for an emergency and he's filling in and billy's like it's fine we can take the stairs as like the 13th floor is shaking they had time to be like okay this is (laughs) we don't trust this guy at all we're gonna take the stairs yeah then he just kind of like
1: the right decision that was the right decision you know why because they're street smart growing up in the big city that's why they know not to do that that's true
0: So, we cut to uh, Corinne sleeping soundly in her bed, safely. She's safe, thankfully. And as she's sleeping, the TV comes on by itself. And it's static. A man shows up in a similar uniform to Leonid's, but more... Mm -hmm. It's black with... Torqu uh, a torquoise emblem or teal or whatever. And he asked her how she's doing. And he's like, um They're like, oh, we have come for a little visit. And she's like, Are you talking to me?
1: <laughs> right it's at like, the What t- do you think?
0: She she just woke up. She's like looking at this dude just like staring at her with his like portrait staring at her at
1: since we're since we're doing obscure references that only one person will understand yeah. this tv <laughs> her talking to the tv that's staring and the guy's like staring at her from the tv thing reminded me of space ghost coast to coast oh man <laughs> the old like yeah. talk show that pulled a random cartoon character and made them the host <laughs> And then they would always have the guest on, but they would always not know where to look because they don't actually see the animated space <laughs> ghost in front of them. They're just like looking in random directions. <laughs> it reminded me of that because they always had the t- the guest come out in a TV, yeah. and they felt really out of place. I remember that.
0: That was like, uh, Prime Adult Swim, Adult Swim in its infancy.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it might be Prime. It might be pre-Adult Swim that's true like toonami c lab
0: 2021
1: yeah that was a great show too <laughs> i don't know if it holds up but i remember loving it at the time
0: yeah uh but yeah um so this dude's on the tv he's saying they uh that we have come for a visit corinne's like are you talking to me and the the guy smiles at her he's like uh um what do you think and then she's like, "I think I'm dreaming," and he's just like, "That's it." He just looks at her with a smile, and then the TV turns off. <laughs> and then she's like, she just goes back to bed.
1: <laughs> Not what I would have done.
0: Yeah.
1: I would have been awake for days.
0: <laughs> so Corinne and Billy, what's the next day? They want to go up back to the 13th floor, but they're greeted again by Leonid. And he tells them they can't go up because the new tenants are fumigating the 13th floor. And they're both surprised like new tenants. Um, And, <laughs> and Leonid is just like, are you guys going down? And Billy's like, no, I still don't trust you. So we'll take the stairs.
1: Plus, we live on the 12th floor. It's, like, a real big waste. We, we <laughs> might as well just walk one flight of stairs.
0: <laughs> uh, and then, I think this, yeah, there we, we see a cut of them from, like, the spiral staircase with that, like, camera angle of shooting the middle. And yeah. they're bringing their bicycles in. Mm-hmm. They just went for a bike ride because when you're in the city, that's you got to make do what you can. Um. And Corinne starts telling Billy about the recurring dream that she has, and he's like, "Oh, is is that the one where you're you're flying?" And um,
1: through space.
0: Yeah, flying through space, and which uh, is interesting uh, in retrospect. <laughs> and she says no, and she's about to tell him, but then, as Billy's checking the mail, which is a good, he's a good kid, you know, he's checking the mail, taking care of his sister, mm-hmm. but he finds a letter with no stamp. And it's and it's addressed to Corinne, and that's it. No last name, nothing. So Billy's like, oh, maybe it's a secret admirer. And without missing a big Corinne's like, yeah, I wish.
1: <laughs> it,
0: um, Corinne looks at. I get, her. get. Mm-hmm.
1: She her name is so unique <laughs> in its spelling that she doesn't need a last name. Yeah, it's just Corinne. They know who she who they're talking about.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's like. K A R I N.
1: Never met a Corinne. I'm sure there's plenty, but for the purposes of this story, she's the only one in the big city that has it.
0: I believe it. I believe mm-hmm. it. So she takes a look at the letter, and it's an invitation to check out a new toy company on the 13th floor of the building that they're at. Now,
1: Suspicious. So suspicious. So very is, suspicious.
0: Yes. <laughs> that is sus as fuss, bro. Let me tell you. It's
1: <laughs> none of these kids should have went there. Where are their parents? I didn't see either parents once.
0: <laughs> and I don't know about
1: you, but when I was that age, I wasn't getting the mail either. Like I didn't <laughs> I didn't know that, that was I don't know. They seem like they're independent.
0: Yeah. Like they don't have parents. Like Gus is taking care of them, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, not even
1: when she had a nightmare did like the parents come in. They were just not involved. Was it uh
0: well they have those big city jobs that are demanding, you know?
1: It's true. They only get to take a vacation once in a while. When they do, they go to the country. So I could be seeing them for a while.
0: They they send their kids to the country to live with relatives. It's true. Yeah. So so they can focus on themselves <laughs> or Yeah uh so um yeah that is sus. a toy company on the 13th floor right above where they live cool
1: she was <laughs> very smart about it because she's like yeah no and yeah. she gives it to billy
0: <laughs> she, at they, first
1: i thought she was smart about it but really it was because the invitation read that they're testing out toys and sports equipment
0: and she's equipment. like i'm not good at any of that so you're better off and, and billy wise he's like i wasn't invited it's not for me so, mm-hmm. and Billy's like, hey, you know, hold on to him. Maybe you can go and get some free stuff. So she thinks sure. about it. And we cut again to Corinne um, at night. There's a lot of cuts. I'm not. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't feel it. I didn't. It just, it, they transitioned very well. It's like, pretty, mm-hmm. pretty good.
1: They so, do a lot of dates. It's a couple of days that go by here. Yeah.
0: And her TV turns on again. It's all staticky. And there's a man, the same man, black uniform, teal, turquoise emblem. And he's looking at her space, goes to face uh, space, space goes <laughs> coast, coast to coast style. Just looking like at the sides portrait, mm-hmm. like, like a, like a quarter, like George Washington on the quarter is his uh, profile. Is yep. The best way. Exactly. exactly it. It. <laughs> yep. Um, and he's like, Hello Corinne. And she tries she she takes up the remote and she starts trying to turn off the TV, change the channel, trying to do everything. And he's just la like smiling as she's doing it, like, yeah, nice try. <laughs> and he just tells her, like, hey, we we want you to come tomorrow. Because she's a very special person. <laughs> and it wouldn't be the same without her. Like this... That
1: was not very enticing. No. That wouldn't have sold me.
0: No. That is... Like, this should be Stranger Danger 101.
1: And... That should have been like, all right, I was on the fence, but now for sure I'm not going.
0: Like this... that, that did it. Yeah, like, this should have been a conversation with her parents. Like, she should have been like, mom, dad, and they walked in to see this guy on their TV. And like... <laughs> you know for like... the
1: purposes of the story they couldn't write parents in because yeah. the moment she speaks they're like no you fool you're <laughs> not gonna do this like mom the 13th floor suddenly has a toy company working <laughs> up there and they said they want me to come up yeah. they're gonna be like no you're, you're stupid you're not going up there we're moving actually
0: did the billy try to convince you to go billy come here <laughs> billy billy <laughs> um and the tv turns off by itself and she goes back to sleep. But she uh, she decides that it's the right thing to do to visit this toy company on the 13th floor. But she doesn't go alone. She brings Billy. And and they, they start talking about it. And it's pretty much like she doesn't know, know why she's going. It just feels like the right thing to do. I guess if a man goes on your TV enough times please don't do that ever (laughs) to try to convince somebody to do anything um and but she's very adamant that if they want her there and if Billy can't go she won't go the end so like okay so they're at the 13th floor they open the door and we get treated to a remodeled uh what's that show called like for like the remodeling houses show i don't know
1: oh man with the brothers i know the one you're talking about
0: because because this is a completely different ass apartment um it's pink and turquoise or teal or whatever the color I, what color is turquoise
1: bro i think that's the name of the color it's turquoise
0: is it like is teal a dark tur- turquoise is that what i'm thinking
1: you're asking the wrong person. Color theory is not my strong suit.
0: Yeah, teal is a darker turquoise.
1: Property Brothers was the name of the show. Property I needed to know. It's Property <laughs> Brothers.
0: Yes, we learned about the color teal, turquoise and Property Brothers.
1: This is a mm-hmm. very
0: educational podcast.
1: <laughs> yep. The more you know. <laughs> so
0: this place is a Pink and turquoise and yellow, bright yellow. It's very nineties color in my opinion. I don't know if you agree with that, but it felt very
1: nice. Yeah, very bright. Very, very bright. Um
0: so there they walk in and then this is where we meet a woman with she has to be like out there, right? She walks in, she's wearing a black uniform with a pink emblem. Her name is Olga. She has red hair and, like, a clearly dyed red hair. And it's all parted to one side. And...
1: Like, and, like, she's either from the future or she's neat. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those options.
0: Yeah, at this point, I didn't even... I, Like, aliens were still far from my mind. I'm looking at this toy company and I'm like, what is going on? Is this, like, a mirror dimension? Did they get transported to, like, another universe? Like, I don't know what's going on. This is so out there, but it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Olga's glad to see Corinne, but it's only Corinne that that's, that they need. And Billy's like, I knew it. You know, you guys, I wasn't invited. But Corinne is like, no, wherever Billy goes, I go. You know,
1: he's... Billy said something to that effect too I remember he was just like oh no it was later you're right you're right
0: so uh, Olga's like alright fine whatever follow me and they go to another room and there's like a table with a bunch of buttons on it
1: Mm -hmm. a big like I forgot what it's called you know it's like Bop it or something, mm-hmm. or maybe it's like Simon Says or something.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: like one of those toys you used to play with, where the game is like the light lights up and makes a sound. You have yeah, to hit yeah. the right order.
0: Yeah, it's uh, Simon Says, and yeah. that's pretty. Bu- and that's when they get um, introduced to the technician Raymond, who Corinne immediately recognizes, and Raymond recognizes that Corinne recognizes him, and he just smiles. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And Billy doesn't recognize anything, and he just smiles too
0: which Raymond is annoyed that uh, Billy's there, but Olga says to go with it, you know? Whatever.
1: He's just some stupid kid. It doesn't matter.
0: So, the name...
1: serendipitously though, they they had... They had... Whatever. When they started playing, <laughs> they had two sides, like, you know, for, like, a two-player game. <laughs> just by coincidence, even though they were only expecting one, one kid. Yeah.
0: So... The game was Simon Says. Raymond was going to make sounds and they have to use the buttons to recreate that sound. And it's a co- coordinator. Uh, they say it's a race. It's a coordination game. It's It helps them with their data that they're trying to collect <laughs> mm-hmm. for to make toys, whatever. Um, uh, but it's not a race. There's no winners. So... That convinces Corinne to like. All right, fine, I'll try. And as they're trying, as they're doing this, Billy's on fire. He's just getting, you know, he's just winning like round for round. Every round that Corinne loses, Raymond turns a wheel, um, and it's like a a pink, yellow, and green, uh. Like every time he turns it, it turns red, and then at some point it turns yellow, and then at some point it turns green, and it's like, like if you're looking like a windshield wiper kind of thing, when it's going to the Mm -hmm. other side is where the green is. Like I feel he is.
1: Yeah, he's cranking it up each game. Yeah. What did you say we were gonna say? No, I feel
0: like I could explain that way better, but I, I just it's not
1: coming (laughs) to me. He's cranking this wheel, and it's slowly increasing and increasing something. They don't really reveal what it is, but But whatever he's doing, Mm -hmm. it seems to be throwing off Billy's game
0: and upping Karen's Corinne's game. Like she, Mm -hmm. she's winning, and she's like, "Yeah, I love this game. This is awesome. I'm winning." Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then Billy's like,
1: "Yeah, just give me a minute." Yeah, just like (laughs) it looks like he has a headache. He's just like trying to trying to shake it off you know something's going on with him um it could have been anything given this show <laughs> so when I was watching this I was like are they draining his soul out yeah. are they transferring his ability to Corinne somehow and just like stealing his mojo and giving it to her I I, I wasn't sure what direction we we're gonna go here
0: to me it was just like uh, they're they're trying to uh push Billy out you know which is what they did. Because mm-hmm. before he got too bad, they, they're they like, all right, Corinne, while your brother uh, figures out the rest of the game, you passed, you win, congrats, you go to the next game. <laughs> and then uh, she's like, is he going to be okay? And he's just like slumped over, like hitting the buttons that aren't even on his side. And they're like, yeah, he's fine. Don't worry about him.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So Raymond... Puts her on a roller coaster seat. And as they're setting everything up. um, uh, We see Leonid talking to Olga on the side. And Leonid is like, "Uh, will Karen be ready? Corinne be ready? Olga says she will be, but she brought her brother with her. And that's giving us a problem. And then they reveal they don't have time left. They have to leave by 6. And there's a clock behind them. It just ticks in a clock formation with the hands, the big hand, the little hand. And it's on a 4 and a 12. So it's 4 o'clock and they got to go to 6 o'clock. But Olga says whatever about Billy. Corinne will be ready. So we cut back to Raymond. He's telling her she's in this roller coaster type seat. Um and he tells her that this next test is gonna stimulate parts of her brain that she's never used before. And the point is to for her to reach her full mental and physical powers faster. She's she's just taken aback by that. She's like, Wait, what what'd you say? <laughs> but Raymond um, makes a giant. He's just like,
1: <laughs> open your mind. And she he plugs her into the Matrix. And yeah. then all of a sudden, she learns <laughs> Kung Fu. But then WB. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> um, Ra- Yeah, so Raven has like a giant um, yellow ball. And he's telling her to close her eyes. And make it go up and down. And she's like, What? <laughs> uh and then so she closes her eyes, she focuses on it, then she opens her eyes, points at it, and she makes it move up and down. And Raymond's like, Oh cool, you did it. But That's quick. Corinne is just like, nah, you're doing this. Um and and she's like, um, she, she calls Billy. <laughs> she's like, "Look at me doing this," um, and, Billy's and Billy's like, was like <laughs> ah, ah, ah. <laughs> "Billy's just slumped over, like, he, like he's at a drunk at a, like he's a drunk at a bar or something." <laughs> um, and then she's like, "What's wrong with him?" But <laughs> they they're just like, "Don't worry about it." Um, he gets like that. Yeah, <laughs> he he's just overstimulated. Mm-hmm. he's so impressed that it just knocked him out.
1: We've seen this a million times with the Simon game. That's why we test it, alright? That's why we do this. That's why we do this.
0: <laughs> so, um, so, Raymond tells her that they're going on a trip. And, <clears throat> and then he goes That on is the-
1: also very suspicious, by the way. <laughs> the guy at the free toy company says you're going on a little trip. Like, yeah. don't do that.
0: And she's, like, stuck on a seat and her brother's knocked the fuck out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he turns the wheel to the highest setting, so it's green now. Mm-hmm. Um, and Billy's, like, visibly in pain. And Karen Corinne's is like, stop, you're hurting him. Um, and then Raymond's like, I'm just stimulating the room to the atmospheric pressure of home to make sure you will survive, Corinne. And... Curran's is like what are you talking about uh raymond tells her that once she reaches her medium capacity she'll be transferred to the ship and current's like i don't want to go to to no ship and then (laughs) raymond just pulls off his face to like convince her (laughs) so he's He's like
1: oh you seem to be (laughs) a little freaked out here (laughs) and he he removes his skin
0: yeah so now he he's there's the face of Raymond. He's holding the human face, and we're introduced to a being that with a solid white blank face. It I can't describe like it's Slenderman that that white suit, but with mm-hmm. like colorful like I don't know like glitter on it. That's as much as I can say.
1: Um, it's real creepy.
0: Yeah. And Corinne is just freaking out. Like, what the fuck is going on? And she's beckoning Billy to help her. <laughs> Billy don't get...
1: <laughs> Billy's barely breathing at this point. And she's like, Billy, do something.
0: <laughs> He's like, what the fuck? Like, Billy is just like, yeah, like a drunk at a bar. He's just like slumped over.
1: He's slumped over, pointing at the, like the turntable thing that he was using Mm -hmm. to change the atmosphere and he's like (laughs) he's incoherently (laughs) yelling
0: so Raymond presses a switch and her seat starts to rise up and then he presses another button and a circular hatch opens and you see the same like beings the white blank face beings like just reach out like trying to grab her and they're like ooh
1: Yeah, they're trying to be spooky. It also looks like they're not on a ship; like they're outside or something. Yeah, it's kind of weird.
0: And I'm just like, dude, like, what? (laughs) What part of this is welcoming to her?
1: Ooga booga! They're they're not even like you know beckoning her up. They're trying to. They look like they're gonna snatch her or something.
0: Like, oh, hurry up, hurry up, let's go, let's go. Mm -hmm. So. Corinne is like, oh, wait, I have telekinesis now. And she uses it to, to turn the button that Raymond was pressing to both close the ceiling and to bring her seat down and for her to escape.
1: And, and unlock the the barricade that was in front of her.
0: Yeah. She kicks Raymond in the face. He's stuck because I think she hit like something. I don't know. But um, she's like. his off button. <laughs> she's like, oh, thank you for the powers, though. And she runs over to wake Billy, but he has he he won't budge, and that's when Olgos comes. And then she's like, "Okay, stay there, Billy. I'll I'll figure something out. I'll get help." And that's and then she runs and um into a a vent inside a wall, and she hides there.
1: Mm-hmm. A very loosely put together vent that yeah. had no nails or anything in it. Nope. Or and, screws.
0: and she she didn't have to use her power. She just went in.
1: Yeah. I thought the powers were to come were gonna come in handy there, but nope.
0: <laughs> she didn't need it. No, it was right there. Uh, I guess you could only renovate so much in the three days they were there.
1: <laughs> it's true. They did a lot with the time they had. <laughs>
0: so they had to... most.
1: Of it was designing the Simon Says game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, like they had to uh, build a pretend toy factory while still having games that'll stimulate that'll that'll keep a young child there and then still hide, find a way to hide a ship that they all have to use to
1: escape. They had to improvise the best toys or whatever to put on the walls, but it was really weird objects like a, a tennis racket with a bird in the middle or something weird like that.
0: And mind you, their, their whole thing about a, a toy factory is a conveyor belt that had different stuffed animal looking animals just going through. In the same color scheme of the plates, which is like turquoise and pink, mm-hmm.
1: that's what factories do, right? <laughs> right. We didn't have that much time to research <laughs> Earth custom, so I mean, it worked. <laughs> they yeah, fell for it. Did it? it. <laughs> Nobody questioned anything.
0: <laughs> so, um, uh, so, so Olga comes in. She sees Raymond is stuck there, and she uses a remote to unfreeze him. And Olga then explains that they have to hurry because they need to leave soon and they're running low on atmosphere. Uh, yes. Mm. Corinne hears them talking even from the van. Atmosphere
1: is running out. Yeah. hmm
0: And Olga says they need Corinne and she sees Billy passed out and she says that the Earth children are such poor specimens. Right? They can't handle whatever's going on. Weak. And so Olga and Raymond go to go find Corinne but Raymond just stops, turns around, has a big-ass smile on his face. And we see Corinne uh, just sitting down in the vent. And he opens the door. And he's like, hey. <laughs> and she and screams, pokes his head hey. in there. And he's like, there you are. <laughs> and she screams bloody murder, as she should. And just races down to the other part of the vent. She comes out. Um,
1: I thought she was gone. Like, <laughs> bye, Billy. It's been good.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, was... <laughs> Raymond tells her to come back because the trip, her, her trip is just beginning. And then as he's approaching her, she focuses on making the ceiling towels fall down and crash on him. Which works like mm. it crashes down on him. And so he she books it again to the, to the same air vent. <laughs> and mm-hmm. as she comes out, Raymond is there again. And he's like, I can't keep doing this, dude. Like, <laughs> like we, we got we got shit to do. And so she tries to We're... wake up Billy.
1: No, nothing. I was just gonna say, yeah, she was running in circles at this point. She's wasting everyone's time. Let's yeah. just get done. <laughs> get some stuff done.
0: And uh Billy doesn't wake up, unfortunately. Um... yeah,
1: she she still hasn't figured out that it's the atmosphere thing. Yeah. The knob that he turned, and she needs to turn it. It's been taking a long time for her to get this realization.
0: Yeah, like her back was against like her back was facing the thing, so her face was was seeing Billy the entire time as he was turning it, so she couldn't have put that together. Mm. But I feel like she should have figured it out at some point. <laughs> yeah,
1: mess with the buttons over there. Mm. Do something. Yeah. So mess or with carry buttons. Billy with your mind. I mean something.
0: But uh, a message shows up. Uh, happens on the PA. Uh, there's only 20 minutes left before they have to return her back to their planet. Um, and at this point, Karen puts Karen every, puts everything together, and turns off the atmosphere on the big wheel, and Raymond freezes again. She grabs the remote control, and hides under some giant blocks. Um, while and Olga comes back in, and she's like Raymond again, and she's and she starts looking for the remote. She can't find the remote, so she opens up his shirt where there's like a battery. And there's like a button, and she presses the button, and then Raymond comes back. <laughs> um, Corinne uses this as the moment of opportunity to sneak away, and as as soon as Raymond wakes up, Olga's like, "Okay, go grab Corinne. We're running out of time." Uh, and Olga opens the ceiling circle, and we see the same, <laughs> the same beings just r- reaching underneath and trying to grab. V- whatever they need to grab, I don't understand what's going on.
1: With the same choreography, the yeah. same exact movements, like, yeah. same spooky, ooh, body language going on.
0: Oh, uh, So Corinne runs to the elevator. She goes, she, it goes up to the 13th floor. Leonid comes in and she looks at him and she's like, uh, can you please take me to the 12th floor? And he's like, I'm afraid I can't do that.
1: And she's like, "No, no, that's impossible. Not you, Leonid. I thought you were human.
0: <laughs> I thought you were different from all the others." Um, and then so she's like, "Okay, so
1: what did you do to Gus?"
0: <laughs> by the by, what was it? oh yeah, Leonid's like, "I thought we could all go up together." And then she's like, "Oh, I knew this would happen." And then she pulls out the remote. And she's she points at him and she's like turn to turn him off. And then he's like, I'm afraid we're not all robots. <laughs> um, and he's like, don't don't let your confusion blind you. Listen to your instincts and follow your destiny. And like she's she's down for it. She's like my destiny. Um, Sounds good. And he's like, yes, now's the time for you to expand your horizons and see another part of the universe.
1: Um were you getting the vibe that Olga is her mom and Leonid is her dad? Yeah. Yeah. I really got that vibe. Me too. Which he such spoke such to her like he was his her he was her father. They never really explicitly said it, but I feel like that, that's what happened here.
0: Yeah. And like Well, we'll talk about it when we get closer to the end. But um Corinne here's his five there's ten minutes to go. So she runs back to Billy because Billy's still slumped over on the on the the board. Um mm-hmm. she grabs him. Uh no way, I think at this point she grabbed him already. Um but yeah, she starts she runs down the stairs. Um, no wait, no, she didn't grab him. She left him there. There's ten minutes left and she left him there to go down the stairs and knock on other people's doors but no one answers. And then she looks at her remote, and she looks at the different settings, like memory access, um, but she finds the voice command setting, and <laughs> she runs back up, and Billy finally wakes up, and he starts to move. She grabs him, and she uses the control for voice command on Raymond to grab Olga, and...
1: I think she finally turns the wheel down, right?
0: Yeah, she did that, like, a while ago. Oh, okay. And... Yeah... This is why Billy's like not waking up because the atmospheric pressure is back. That's up. true, that's true. Yeah. And so they run off and leave the floor and on their way out, like, um, Leonid's there. And um he's like trying to get her to trust him and to go with them. That where like where they're gonna go, it's beautiful and she can fly like a bird and see straight through other worlds. Corinne... Ex- says like says that I heard what you said and he's and you he told me Billy would die there, I don't want to go somewhere where Billy will die, no. and Leonid tells her but you don't belong here, um, uh, Karen says like no I'm not going, and she and Billy and her run, um,
1: he also says that they're gonna leave without you, he's like oh, <laughs> shit, and he had to go,
0: yeah and he's like the PA is like thirty seconds left. Leonid tells her, like, if you leave, it's a big mistake. And it felt, that part felt very fatherly because he's not forcing her to stay, right? Or go. Oh, yeah, yeah, go. He's not forcing her to go. Um, He's letting her make that decision herself. Mm -hmm. And so they go back to the apartment and they're happy. Uh, They see the same flashing pink lights from outside and they look out the window like something's leaving the earth and there's a loud noise. And then the, the television comes back on and it's not Raymond this time. It's Olga. Olga And and she very calmly explains that Corinne's not dreaming. This this mission was supposed to be Corinne's rescue. They left Corinne on Earth by mistake ten years ago. So already they got the parent of the year awards. Mm -hmm. Universal edition.
1: Well, they're a right side better than her human parents who (laughs) are non-existent.
0: Yeah, like at no point did she say, I want to stay with my family and Billy. She just said, I just want to stay with Billy. If Billy could have gone, they would have (laughs) gone.
1: Yeah, (laughs) because that's that's the only ones in this household, apparently.
0: (laughs) So um, Ogo's like, I wanted to explain to you when the atmosphere brought you back, all your senses back, so I can probably show you everything. But unfortunately, it's too late. They have run out of atmosphere, and it'll be another 10 years before they can come back again. And um. And then Olga turns into her like blank face f- mode. And alien form. Mm-hmm. Alien form, yes. Alien form. And that's it. TV turns up. And at this point, we get a close-up to Billy, who thinks this is all crazy. He's like, Corinne, what are they talking about? Because he was knocked out for most of this. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. But um, he it, they zoom out. He turns to his left to be like, Corinne, what are they talking about? This is all nonsense. And he sees Corinne in her alien form. And he freaks the fuck out, runs out screaming. And um, you just hear Olga say to Corinne, goodbye, dear. And we'll see you again in 10 years.
1: Add ending. And... Corinne is an alien, which you expected. But it doesn't seem like she's herself when she transformed, which is very upsetting. <laughs> you know, You spend so much time with her, trying to be close to her brother. And you end it with, oh, she's just a weird looking alien. And her brother's scared of her now.
0: Yeah. Um, not the
1: best ending in the world not the best ending
0: I agree with that well in his defense you know he uh, he wasn't there he wasn't there for any of that he was um, (laughs) he was knocked out the whole time freaking old man drunk there oh I don't
1: don't blame Billy I blame more just like that's how we ended I thought there'd be more to the story than that that's kind of a rough place to stop
0: i would have liked it if corinne like touched her face looked in the mirror and was just like and then you see in the mirror uh just olga and her form being like goodbye dear we'll see you in 10 years
1: yeah yeah because but... i i don't like the idea that her and her brother are at odds now it's just kind of like we spent the whole time like we need to be together and now you know it's monster and you know victim
0: <laughs> yeah and as the story ends Betty Ann says, you may, you may think you know someone, but think again and look a little closer. And then there's this, this silence, this air of silence. David and Kristen have that look like, yeah, we we set this up nicely. This was good. Betty Ann did a good job. Um, and then Kiki, Frank, and Gary look at each other like, yeah, this is a good story. And yeah. then Gary gets up grabs the midnight water from the midnight bucket and says, um, I declare this official meeting meeting of the Midnight Society closed. Whoever you are. And he puts out the, the fire. And that's it. Now e. and for a man who bitches about being for people being on time needs a better pun game.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 'Cause his timing is
0: <laughs> thank you.
1: He mm-hmm. <clears throat>
0: that one that was a good, Jumpy. Like choked me up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Gary's probably the most interesting character around, other than Betty Ann. Betty Ann, I'm 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 starting to lose grips on her character here. Maybe it's just this episode. She didn't do anything too scary, you know? Usually just the look at Betty Ann and I'm shaking my boots.
0: Yeah. But mm. her set felt a little out of character. Yeah. Her setup was great though. Like, yeah, it's not Betty Ann. Yeah. But once she got like the like the mic, so to speak. Like when she started mm-hmm. explaining the the, um, the story, like, um, if you stare long enough you might even see a stranger here. Like when she yeah. starts getting control like she did like the the actress does a great freaking job just like selling the story and I'm like that's Betty Ann you know
1: it always feels like she is now coming up with the story and telling it
0: yeah <laughs> Uh it was and it was uh, but it wasn't like 100% Betty Ann-esque that uh, the ending is similar where it's like a bad ending works mm. uh Sad ending. Sad ending, yeah. Um but it definitely felt like more a, a Gary story with the with the Fookiness. Yeah.
1: Doctor so, Who Alien. Yeah. When are we gonna get a Gary story? Well, Only time ago. <laughs> yeah. hmm?
0: So we got clowns. Well, actually, if we're looking at it right, Betty Ann is taking the classic tropes. Clowns. Vampires, uh,
1: psh, mummies.
0: We have mummies and now and aliens. aliens.
1: So maybe that's her connective tissue. It's just all of the classic big genre horror yeah. movie stuff. Yeah. What is she missing other than clowns? Maybe she ghosts. I mean, ghosts. we haven't heard, heard a ghost story from her.
0: Yeah. No, we heard one from David. <laughs> Not from her. Not from
1: her. Uh, zombies that would be a good one for her to do zombies
0: werewolves demons
1: those are all big tropes maybe those are yet to come from betty ann
0: that'd be cool
1: the man you, do you remember the nightly neighbors the vampire yeah, yeah. Uh, remember the mailman who got bit he was like an old man
2: mm-hmm.
1: he's like one of the first people to get bit yeah he was gus in this episode oh. that's the only fun fact i got for you There's another fun fact, actually. (laughs) Um, So throughout the episode, I was telling Rip, all right, you see Billy right there? That boy, that little boy right there is Iceman from the X-Men Fox franchise. He plays Bobby Drake X-Men. I know it. Hmm. And he's also part of the Animorphs, which is like a 90s show where kids turn into animals. I know it's that kid. And apparently it's not (laughs) that kid. It's not. I think his name's like Sean Ashmore or something like yes, that. Yes,
0: Sean Ashmore.
1: It's his, This kid is not Sean Ashmore. Apparently, this kid is Aaron Ashmore. Yes. Sean Ashmore's twin brother. Yes. Which is just that doesn't happen. All right. <laughs> I was right. I was right. It's not fair. They literally <laughs> cheated.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's that really is like trivia that we would have got wrong. Just yeah. Cause.
1: It's it's not fair. He, he has a twin brother who didn't do much acting other than this episode. Like, come on.
0: It's not fair. It's not <laughs> fair. Oh, um, yeah, dude. When, when I clicked on that link and I was like, oh, I looked through his filmography. I don't see X-Men on it. I'm like, what? And then it's <laughs> like relatives, Sean Ashmore. And I'm, I click it, it says twin brother. And I'm like, oh, that's freaking hilarious. Mm-hmm. But Billy did that—that that old man drunk passing out very well. I'm sure he studied for that part. But um,
1: he did a good job as the you know older brother who stuck with his sister the whole time too.
0: Yeah. Um, this story is super creative, man. Like, yeah,
1: very creative.
0: They took something like a 13th floor and just like, hey, let's—it's the top of a building. Let's just turn it into a spaceship. That was mm-hmm. really good.
1: <laughs> and the aliens aren't just abducting people willy-nilly. They're trying to get their family unit back together. I mean, yeah. that that is very creative. It gets a lot of points for that.
0: Yeah, like, and it's not like there's like, a big plot point that, you know, that it's not like they had to hold your hand about this. They say Corinne was adopted in the beginning and that they never go back to it.
1: Mm-hmm. Which I like. They make a point with that savage line by Billy to make sure you know she's a duck.
0: And it's so savage that you don't have to like, you know, like, oh, they just put that in there. And like, nah, like he, (laughs) it was a, it was a point to be made. And they used uh, a sibling argument to make that point. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was cool.
1: Um, I enjoyed it overall. I can't say it's my favorite Betty Ann story of all time, but it was good. I
0: liked it. A I did. It was, it really was creative It. it, it threw us the fuck off because we thought this was going to be a ghost story. It's <laughs> true, but it was not. Um, I liked it. It did. We got to rank all of Betty Ann story though. Yeah. yeah.
1: It had a good moral, you know? Yeah. Careful
0: and that's the, it also falls into that whole thing with Betty Ann. The, there's always pairs. Yeah, it was Ouija and this dude in this episode, and then Day Day and her brother and nightly neighbors, and or whatever Day Day and whatever. <laughs> the I think it was her
1: brother. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um,
1: Day Day and Night Night. The, the the,
0: Alex and this other dude and sorcerer's apprentice, and now so, Alex. <laughs> so Betty yeah, Ann works in pairs. That's that's cool.
1: Yeah, she always has a duo. Yeah, a dynamic duo in all her tales.
0: Yeah, whether they're, they work together or
1: are against each Siblings. Or...
0: Yeah. All right. So, with that being said, it's time... We... Uh,
1: st- yep, sticking to tradition. Yes.
0: We will say the next episode title, and we will come our, up with our predictions. Uh, I don't it's know who went first, good. but... Uh, I'll say the title and you not you say the title and I'll predict the first. the name okay. first the, the the storyteller then you say the storyteller and then we'll go back
1: Talk about and... what it sounds good so let me just pull it up okay the name of the next episode which is going to be season two episode five yes is the tale of of the dream machine oh my gosh
0: (laughs) oh my gosh that's so hard
1: (laughs) that's a tough one
0: frank frank and his dr vink story
1: damn really yeah dr vink prediction too that's wild yeah that's
0: going on i'm i'm asking to be wrong
1: (laughs) i'm hoping you're right I, (laughs) i want nothing more than that to be right The Tale of the Dream Machine. That's a little wild.
0: I jumped the gun and I shouldn't have said what it was going to be about because I know that's going to influence you. (laughs) But please don't let it
1: The Tale of the Dream Machine. I have an idea. Okay. I'm going to say, I have to say I'm torn between. No, not really. I have one clear choice. the Tale of the Dream Machine. I'm thinking Kiki, okay. like all the way. The reason I'm thinking Kiki is like the Tale of the Dream Machine, like this this weird machine that does something horrific. It, I'm just I just keep thinking of the episode that Kiki told, where I forgot the name of the episode, but it was um, this family that visited uh, being a bed and breakfast, yeah, and then they slowly started stealing their youth yeah and the way he did that was with this weird mechanism, this weird machine thing, yeah, so the dream machine just makes me think of that, but instead of stealing your youth, it's like stealing your dreams or something like that,
0: like I feel like that's some shit, dr vancoupool, so
1: that would be sick, <laughs> that would be sick, but I don't I think, just like,
0: hmm? I don't think it'll be I don't think it's him stealing dreams or anything, I think it's he. He would come up with something like a dream machine, right? Like, maybe a way for someone to go into dreams.
1: I mean, I could definitely see the actor doing it. I can see him coming on screen and being like,
0: Welcome to my dream machine! And just,
1: like, (laughs) selling it to somebody.
0: Yeah, like, he's, like, encouraging, like, and then somebody has a nightmare, and they gotta go in there, face their fears, all that crap, to get the other person out. Some, some, Some shit like that.
1: If you had to, who would you say... Like, second option.
0: Second option. Um, know, what you said about Kiki was really good because of the captured souls.
1: That's all I was thinking because, I mean, it's been a while since we heard from her. It's okay. been a while since we heard from David too, but the, the machine thing, like, I don't know. She, her... I always think that there has to be a pattern for everyone's story, which might not even be true. <laughs> but the machine thing really got to me because like that was a really out there idea. And this sounds like another out there idea that involves machine. That was just the only thought process there.
0: My number two would be Gary. 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 Dream machine. Probably something sci-fi-ish. Probably the same thing. Just somebody yeah. who has a machine and it's saw though. <laughs> <laughs> just to take two different, the two iconic and characters and try to.
1: <laughs> you should have said Frank and Doctor, Doctor Vink, and I should have been like Nah, Gary Sardo, <laughs> right now.
0: Who will win?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But if my number two would be Gary, somebody has a dream machine that you can enter dreams, and they fuck up, and they gotta try to get the person out.
1: My number two also would have been Gary. Just something to do with Doctor Who, mm-hmm. some out there concept.
0: So there you have it. Um, number are our, our absolute predictions. Jumbie says Kiki and a machine that does something with dreams. Um, yeah,
1: like harnesses dreams, yeah. and it's like an evil thing. It's yeah. nothing good.
0: Like people go into a like sit down on a machine and they dream, and they're stuck mm-hmm. in their dream. Oh, that's a good one. Who,
1: who's the who? Who did the Bobcat episode? Uh, Kristen. Kristen, oh, yeah, she okay. dressed she up in run. like
0: that fairy tale outfit.
1: Neither of us said Kristen, but I mean, she did do a dream episode before,
0: which is why I don't think she'd do it again because <laughs> it's, it's this true. season. That's true. If That's it was true. last season, then I'll be like, yeah, maybe her. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like your thing. Like you sit down and like people are going to this place and sitting down to dream, and this is power powering a machine. Like they dream and it's powering something and and at some point the town is just empty because everybody's at this place just dreaming.
1: Yeah, I can see it.
0: Cool. And then mine is uh, Frank and it's Dr. Vink who has a machine that lets you enter dreams. Cool. Mm. So we will see what happens on the next episode of phantoms of the silver screen but for now any last words jumpy
1: yes be careful who you trust
0: and with that said be careful who you trust except when you listen to any of our episodes and thank you for (laughs) taking the time to listen to us as we bring you another episode of are you afraid of the dark um join us for our next episode of are you afraid of the dark for the tale of the dream machine or enjoy any other of our other content that we have established Mm -hmm. we appreciate you all for taking the time to listen to us and we love you dearly
1: i declare this meeting officially closed whoever you are
0: good night Thank you.